laws will have to be imposed, and a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to Tinfoil Hat. We go deep, homeboy. Aaron, your mind. I appreciate all the kind words about the last episode. Uh, I was going to edit it, but I decided just to put it out because um, that's what we do on this show. We put it out uh, the way it is. We don't try to edit it for any kind of uh, the cover, any warts or anything like that. We just we just do us, you know, and uh, so I appreciate the support. I know a lot of you guys said that was traumatizing and saddening and uh, and it should be so. That moment should be sad and should be. So if you're feeling that, I appreciate that. Some of you guys have teed off. I know this army of retards, and I don't mean that disrespect to anybody with special needs. I'm talking straight up ignorant, dumb assholes, okay, are commenting on it. But that's what we do. And I'm going to push something really uh, hard right now. I'm going to let everybody know, man. I block everybody. I don't. I block anybody who comes and just tries to disrespect, particularly on that episode. I owe you nothing, and you owe me nothing. I put out this service to you because I love the topics and I love talking about it. Okay, whatever you think is your right to troll isn't going to happen anymore. I'm going to start this movement to get artists to understand that we don't have to be pinatas. We don't have to be beaten up and knocked down because we want to put out an art because you and your fake profile pic want to talk mad shit, okay? Frank Sinatra never had to deal with this. When somebody criticized Frank Sinatra, guess what he did? He got the mob to beat the shit out of him, okay? He did it with Don Rickles. Don Rickles never talked smack again. So my movement will be now to tell artists it's okay to block people. It's okay to get rid of the people who are just here to hurt because they have no skin in the game. They make up a fake picture or they're so lazy. They're just making up fake profiles. Come talk. You want to listen to this show? I'd love for you to do. But I am in no way, myself and XG and all things comedy, are in no way obligated to allow you just to come up here and shit on what we're doing. I don't get rid of just criticism. I listen to what you guys are saying, but I will never just allow you to come in here every day and just shit on our hard work that we do for free. So that's how I wanted to start the show. As always, my good friend, XG in the place to be. Damn, hard week, but fuck those guys. They just go on there and start talking shit. We are here. We are here. Okay. A lot of crazy stuff going, going on. Uh, you know, unfortunately, the fucking show must go on. So tomorrow night is Tim is the Comedy Chaos show. It is live at the Comedy Store. That is close to a sellout. So grab your tickets right now. It is uh, it is um, brought to you by our good friends at Absolute Extract. Go to abx.org and grab. Uh, check them out, dude. 
They're sponsoring the show. They're growing the show. They're going to sponsor live shows. And when we go on the road, all that. They have everything there, dude. They have uh, they have weed, flour. They have uh, vape pens. They have gels. They have stuff, everything for your vagina, for you name it. They got it. That's where weed's going right now. Weed is pushing forward. Every billboard I see now is a weed billboard. You know? Yeah, Dan Balzarian's Ignite shit with the yeah. fine bitches in the front, yeah. the ma- made men's one. That's Dude, like a target. And weed women are way better, man. Ooh, they're fine. I went to uh, <laughs> a, like a Canvas Cup, man. You remember the old weed chicks were all granola chicks who didn't look like they showered, and you know? But not anymore, the dude. Dreads. They're, they're like futuristic Mexican strippers, dude, with like cute dolphin tattoos on yeah, their face. They get paid in weed. Weed is the future, homeboy. And join us and our good friends at abx.org. That's for uh, Comedy Chaos tomorrow night. Uh, the f- next night, it is the Dojo of Comedy. We're celebrating our good friend Trevor. We're celebrating his, uh, his sobriety day. The lineup is stacked. Stacked. Lucas Brothers, Michael Rappaport, Whitney Cummings just got added, Ryan Sickler, and the list goes on and on and on. Your boy, the Flying Jew, Lee Syed, Josh Denny, uh, you name it, they're on the show. It's going to be a packed show, and I'm super excited about it. And that those tickets are available at eventbrite.com, okay? And then, obviously, the following week, that Tuesday, March 5th, and I think we're close to sold out, so if you want to go, it is... The inaugural Enjoy It! Brody Stevens Festival of Friendship. All proceeds are going to the family and whatever they want to do with it. If they want to pay for the funeral costs, if they want to donate to a very special fund or organization that helps with suicide, dude, talk to people, okay? Talk to people. There's also a GoFundMe available. Go to GoFundMe. Just go to GoFundMe. Put in Brody Stevens. You'll find it. It's already up to $10,000. And again, that's all going to the family, any charity they want. I'm not making any money off the Tuesday show. I've already told the comic store, keep the cash. I don't want anything. I don't want a dollar of it. It's whatever the family wants. Okay. And then the following week, it is time for the tinfoil hat will be live in Seattle. That's right. Myself, Eddie Bravo will be in Tacoma on March 9th, I believe. Yep, March 9th. March 9th will be in Tacoma. That's the 430 show. No, okay. No, it's the March 8th. Excuse me. Here it is. March 8th, we'll be at the Spokane Comedy Club at, at 10 p.m. Tickets available at SpokaneComedyClub.com. And then the following day, Saturday, March 9th, the Tacoma Comedy Club. It is a special 430 show, or uh, probably should have been 420, but we'll call it the 430 show. <laughs> Tickets available at Tacoma Comedy Club. Dot com And then the final one is XG and the place to be myself. Oh. We are in New Jersey together. That's right. We are at Tiff's Com- uh, Grill, L and Grill. And it's myself, XG. First show is almost sold out. There's literally like five tickets left. We have a second show that has been added at 1030. Let's pack this out because I'm in talks with these guys to rename their comedy club area the Dojo of Comedy. Fuck it. That'll be the second spot. I'd love to do it, man. Get all these L.A. comics out that you love. I could, you know. So go. All those dates are available at samtripoli.com. Holla at your boy. Um, We want to do a quick thing. Uh, Go check out my friends at cavemancoffee.com. Cavemancoffee.com. Use the promo code TINFOILHAT. 
okay? Tinfoil hat, and you will get 50% off all your purchases. We're talking coffees. We're talking teas. We're talking... Butters. But, I mean, everything. they got everything down to a science over there. And again, independent coffee shop. Tate Fletcher, friend of show, did the show on the 9-11 shooting, okay? Uh, lo- we love him. Go support them. Help them. Okay, because we got to help the independent guys out there. They got everything you want. The nitros, you name it, they got it. And uh, man, please help our friends out. Uh, we got to help our friends. We got to love our friends. Yeah, we got to be good. Love our friends, man. <laughs> so, uh, super excited about today's show. We're going to get into some shit. We're going to get into a discussion about life and all that stuff. Um, Joining us via the power of Skype, you're supposed to fly in, uh, but due to the, and we'll get into like the whole, um, we'll get into the whole um, uh, Orlando airport craziness that's oh. going on there. We'll talk to him about that. Uh, he's known as, I believe, the Octagon Doctor. Do I got that right on the Instagram? Yeah. Okay. He's known as the Octagon Doctor, <laughs> a fan of show, and I'm super happy. We wish we could add him in, but you know. The powers that be didn't let, didn't let happen. Please welcome Dr. Jared Vasquez, everybody. How are you, buddy? Doing good. Been a fan ever since the roast of Santa Claus. Oh, my <laughs> God, dude. You are First old event. school. That is yes. old school, dude. I love that. Thank you, man. I really do appreciate that. Thank you so much. So what happened at the airport? Therefore, I got bumped for crew, so it is what it is. I was flying with Miles, like a cheap doctor, like a good Puerto Rican cheap doctor. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny, man. So funny. Hey, do you have the list of uh, questions he yeah, sent Yeah, I got them. Can you uh, send them to my, yeah. my Sam Tripoli? So uh, the Orlando Air- Airport is very interesting because supposedly they're going to be one of the first in the U.S. to use um, facial recognition software. Has that already been uh is it in application? Are they actually using it right now? There's tons of cameras around that airport, and there's been active construction for, I mean, I've been living in Florida for about two years now, and it's just it just keeps renovating. It's more cameras. It's more it's more Big Brother stuff in there, so it's, uh, it's, it's getting pretty scary, almost like the... You know, Colorado, the Denver airport. I mean, it's in oh, that level. And we all know that's shady. That's a as creepy hell. ass fucking airport. That is a creepy ass airport. Um, yeah, it's very interesting, dude. Because I know in Dubai they have a really big one where they do, uh, where they have all the um, all the different uh, uh, facial. Like now, you don't even have to ch- like. I don't even oh, you think you to- check in. You just walk down this hall, and there is. <laughs> Lights. I mean, there's goldfish, like uh, genetic uh, computer graphic goldfish, and they're reading you. Oh, fuck. Right? I thought LA had that now, where if you want to, they will do the face recognition. No, that's the eye recognition. The eye recognition. That's the same shit, too, though. That is creepy as shit, dude. That that creeps me out. Um... So tell us a little bit about your 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 um, social media, what you do with the Octagon, and uh, and then we'll get into all your concerns about healthcare because I think that's a, especially with what just happened to our good friend Brody Stevens. I think this is an important conversation to have. Uh, tell us a little bit about your history and, and just you know, obviously you love MMA and you're trying to make it safer and uh, just put out the hazards and and how how scary that sport can be. Yeah, I, uh, I was originally from Puerto Rico, um, but I accepted a job position in Iowa, of all places. How did that uh, go? 
Going from Puerto Rico to Slipknot. Oh my God. Slipknot. And then I accepted and it's just, I, I, I fell into it. It wasn't that bad. I mean, a whole bunch of good people live in Iowa. It was cold as balls, but I made it through. Oh, that's uh, nice. And I, I started, uh, I met Josh Neer in Iowa because he lives in Iowa, the dentist. Uh, and I uh, just started going to shows and being the doctor in shows. And I noticed that, that nobody really cared about uh, the smaller shows because there's no money to be made for doctors. And there's these, all these uh, kids that are participating in MMA and they don't have, there's no doctors. There were do- no doctors that cared, uh, that did their physicals. So I started doing their physicals for free. So I started doing this pro bono for all the kids that were participating in mixed martial arts. So I've had a, I've had a chance to to work with a, with a whole bunch of uh, up and coming stars, and just you know pay back what they do in the ring for our entertainment with free medical care, which is for oh. me it's nothing. It's peanuts, you know. Oh, dude, that's so nice, man. I really respect that. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for doing that because it is a brutal sport and. You know, a lot a lot of people think that the you know, especially in MMA, man, a lot of people think that most of the uh, the, the 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 trauma that happens happens while they're in the octagon or the ring when it's boxing, but a lot of it happens during the training. I mean, in, in MMA in particular, you see like these guys can't even make it to the fight because they get hurt. Well, back in the day, it used to be straight up every day at practice they'd go at it. Now they're learning to like. Take it easy, but still, you're still getting hit in the head. Yeah. And that's not to talk about football either. Those guys straight. Why do you think there is a movement so much to get rid of football and the trauma of football, but yet boxing, which I love, I could watch boxing all day, and MMA, there's equally this kind of like damage done to the skull and to the brain. I have, I mean, there was a study done, uh, I believe it was uh, by Princeton or Yale about concussions in females uh, football teams, uh, in soccer teams, sorry. And uh, there was a really high incidence, but because there was a big sample size, right? So it was a, uh, it was all, it was kind of propaganda-ish. Uh, and uh, they started saying, you know, football has more concussions than boxing or MMA. It's just a lie. We just haven't done the right studies in the other sports to get the concussion rates. And nobody's interested in getting that data out, just as nobody in the NFL is interested in in being really proactive. Do you think it has anything to do with the fact that two of the sports you talked about don't have unions and that they've been somehow kind of pushed into this independent contractor thing and that therefore there's no way, there's there's no collective group that is concerned about the individual and you just have these, let's call them, man, the boxing promoters could be super slimy, man. You know, they can't, and, and they don't care because they don't want to ruin their cash cow. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I was uh, I uh, did a whole bunch of shows with uh, CBS uh, in uh, Rock Promotion, Rock Nation, the promotions, uh, the Jay Z promotion uh, that up up in North Iowa, and uh, the most gnarliest injury that I got to see and take care of was a uh, boxer uh, Daniel Franco. Um, he was fighting. Um, Another boxer by the name of, uh, I think it was Haro, H-A-R-O. That was two years ago. And uh, one of the most brutal knockouts. And when you are at cage side and you hear the punches with the small gloves, 
it's it's normal, but when you see when you hear the sound of a professional boxer landing those sixteen ounce gloves, it's scary. It's brutal. Our boxing is it sounds like a gun going off oh. when they a perfect hit. So this guy took a hit, went down. Uh, of course, uh, there was another older doctor um, with me, and he was taking care of of. Uh, of Daniel Franco, and I was taking care of the guy that won, which is an easy physical, go up there, check his eyes, and uh, everything was good. So I step back, and I leave the other doctor checking the, the guy that just got knocked out. And to my surprise, I see his leg shaking a little bit, and I'm like, no. I, so I just jump in WWE style under the, under the ropes, and uh, I call in the paramedics. Uh, we put some steroids, of course, his pupils, were uneven so we sent them directly to the hospital luckily there was a neurosurgeon there oh and he my had two God. brain bleeds oh two my brain God. yeah i mean it's just like that's the brutality of brutality of boxing it's like these guys get right up and like you know these refs are just an extension of their promoters if if these refs end these games these fights too quickly they won't get hired again by these promoters I know the mm-hmm. now I don't know if the state does the state does the state um hire the refs or does the promoter hire the ref Yeah for example in Iowa we have a great commissioner in Joe Walsh uh, whom, whom he's he's awesome uh he trains his uh his refs really well but it's the physician side, right? So when I created the Octagon, the brand, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to create a brand name that's recognizable. I'm going to be present in social media and I'm going to be putting out a lot of information because that's you battle, you know, ignorance with information. So um, I was glad to be present in that fight show. But if I had not been there and recognized that little tiny neurological symptom, they would have sent that guy uh, back to the uh, locker room that bleed would have expanded and he would have been, you know, possibly brain brain dead. Do you think? And he's back walking, talking. Of course, he'll never be the same. I mean, he went through the gauntlet of, of surgeries and to drain that hematoma. But, uh, you know, that's one of my most proudest moments and, and creating this awareness and that brand, that recognizable brand in social media. I still, to this day, I mean, if you search the hashtag ringside physician, this is my big Puerto Rican hedge was going to pop up in the Google search because I've been putting a lot of, of effort into that. I got a quick question. Uh, how much does dehydration have to do with that? Oh, a ton. Um, there are uh, some tiny veins that connect the brain to the membranes uh, that cover the brain. When you dehydrate, you separate the brain and you stretch those veins out. So, Imagine that you have a cord and it has a little bit of slack so you can move the brain. But the moment that cord is tout and you get a, a powerful hit from a boxer, that those the sheer forces on the arteries, it's enough to break them. And then the bleed, the bleeding process starts. And if you're not well trained to recognize uh, those symptoms and those little neurological changes, you send the guy back and you're sending him to his grave sucks and i this kind of gets into the whole thing we're going to talk about today which is the whole problem with our healthcare industry that so much of this is based on profits and when we even just talk about the you know 
the the <laughs> fighting game, right? We're talking about whether you should continue a fight for entertainment reasons because there's money on the line versus this fighter's health. And, you know, yeah. you, you kind of brought up something you want to get into, which is the Obamacare. Now, I'm going to tell you, right, right, when, right when Obama got in and this, this, care, this Obamacare talk was going on, I've said this before, I knew something was up because when the debate was going on, Obama got on a plane and flew to Germany. Right when, the, right when the national discussion was happening. So he got it and he was gone for like a week or two. And I'm like, why is this guy running when we're fighting for what he wants? And that's what, that's what I knew. And it's usually about a year, two years into an administration that I start seeing what's really going on. And so you're telling me that you believe uh, you have a theory about Obamacare and it's the Affordable Care Act and its effect on the middle class. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of I mean, when you talk about healthcare access, I mean, they have some good points and some some good reasons for it. But there are some elements that are in there that are really, um, really ties our hands. Right. So uh, us as doctors, I mean, we we uh, give away our 20s to train in, in this craft and uh, to uh, with, you know, where everybody's having fun. We're in the books. It's 16 years almost. Uh, from beginning to end in college to the last day where you graduate in your specialty, uh, as I did, and then you're in the in, in the working community, uh, and you want to help as much people as as possible. But if you kind of put, you know, if you're forcing someone to purchase a product just from one place, the free market it, it doesn't it doesn't evolve as it should. But here's the the bad part that it's electronic health records what have tied us massively so with obamacare i mean health access i i understand what you want to get in hold on one second real quick before we get into this next part because i want to talk about so we have a situation in this country and i don't have the answer okay i, mm. I i'm gonna get killed by libertarians for this but we have an answer right now when we we are talking because i hear hear a little bit of you with this free market in the healthcare industry so mm-hmm. i don't know what, how to change this, but I'm going to talk about what I see is a real problem when you apply free market to healthcare. I am for free market. I see free market work all the time, whether it's phones, hamburgers. If I want a $16 hamburger, I can go buy a $16 hamburger. If I want a, a dollar hamburger, I can go buy a dollar hamburger. But what I'm really exactly. worried about is where are, where are the discount healthcare? Now, we have a problem in that there's a giant malpractice suits. Then again, I don't want the answers. I just have questions that I want to ask you about. Where yeah. is the discount healthcare? Where is the affordable uh, heart surgery, the affordable uh, cancer treatment and all these things that force people to go uh, broke. Now we've heard stories of, you know, we're doing a GoFundMe for our friend that just who who took his own life, and I got bombarded by people accusing me of it being fake and false, and I can understand that. But I mean, like the the love that was put for this guy, I wish people would have hold, held on because they're literally telling me I'm selling my soul and 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 burning all my bridges with the comedy community for ten thousand dollars. 
uh, no, I would never do that. There's not enough money for me to be seen as a snake in the grass. So I would never do that. But we see time and time again, people having to raise money to cover their bills. What is the counter to what I see, whether it's out of necessity or greed, collusion within the medical community where it's like, we're all going to charge this. We're all going to charge this number. This is the number we're going to charge. And it's wherever you go, uh, where's the, the 99 cent store version of your medication, whatever you're getting. Exactly. So the, all the, all the problem starts, right? You go into the, into a medical school and it costs you $200,000, right? So you're, when you graduate, you, you're graduating and this, the price of med school has climbed over the years. So when you, what before, uh, let's say the 90s, um, late 80s, you graduated and the cost of opening an office wasn't as large, right? You would just get your place, you know, re- have rent. Uh, that back in the day, no internet, right? So you're using paper charts. Um, you ride, you treat, you got your license and life was good. Doctors were, you know, respected and they had their place. Uh, not that they're not now, but, you know, that, that has uh, waned uh, significantly. But now, let's say I'm just I recently graduated, right? I I'm pra- I've been practicing for about seven years uh, after the 16 years uh, of studying. But you're recently graduated, right? You have that $200,000 debt, and uh, you would have to make an investment in electronic health records that were mandatory uh, in, under the Obama administration, um, and you would have uh, to you outfit your office with all the all the requirements for that. So you have computers in every room. So you, you need uh, a specific set of regulations for your office. So it's a big, big investment, right? Right, so right, right, right. Can have, I mean, if it would be, if you, if you open a really small office, you're, 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 you're in need of $25,000. When you graduate with a 200, almost a quarter of a million debt, no bank is going to give you the money. So what's your option? Your option is, okay, I need an employee position. So you go and incorporate yourself to the machinery because you can no longer be independent, right? So the independence right. has been stripped away. Yes, uh, there so- we go. Which is all done on purpose, man. I believe this is all done on purpose. And I know, listen, dude, I'm not trying to pick a side here. I'm just talking. Yeah. Wh- what if you didn't have that debt in terms of medical school and stuff like that? And there was, I'm, I mean, like, I know they said a high school education got deemed just useless when they made it for free and stuff like that. Bless you. But uh, I mean, like, what if you didn't have that or we capped, I mean, then we get into free, free market and stuff like that, or we capped the price that you could be charged to get an education so that more people could afford it and therefore get into the, the, the uh, private sector to uh, make money so their expenses are too high. Is the, are these all options that I won't get destroyed by libertarians just trying to discuss? Oh, no. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the problem here is that um, medical students are a small economy in themselves, right? If you're a medical student while you're in med school, you have to take uh, standardized tests that are called the USMLE. And each test, of uh, it's about $1,200 uh, so you spend about uh, every year, every there's four years of medical school. So every student is spending uh, around 
a thousand, two thousand uh, dollars in that test, in those tests alone, alone. So it's every year the class is generating around maybe if you repeat the test and stuff, maybe sixty to eighty million dollars are generated by medical students in their tests. So, and if you don't take them, you don't move forward from year to year, right? So it's it's a challenge. You're taking the tests that are in school, like you're taking anatomy, you're taking anatomy tests, you're taking biochemistry, you're taking biochemistry tests. Okay, you hit the two year mark, crack up the crack 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 open the the checkbook because two or three grand are needed for this big test that get this we're so advanced and the way that we test medical knowledge multiple choice questions <laughs> that's it multiple choice questions when you if you are coming to my clinic it, this is never going to happen you're not going to walk into my clinic and say hey um dr jared uh i have a cough a b i might have shortness of breath you're never going to see a patient interact in that way yeah. with you so it's not real no, I, that's amazing. So I've learned a lot here. So when you have these kids or uh, kids, these young adults going to learn medical school, going to med school, going to learn medicine and treatment and, and, and all the healthcare stuff, and they, by the time they graduated, they've been fleeced out of so much money that it's like, oh man, I want to make all my money back Plus, so there is no incentive to, hey, man, let's make a system in which, uh, you know, maybe everything's affordable and people can have a good life. So it is going to like like some boiler room shit. Like, you know, I started in a mail room. Now I'm at the top and I'm going to take everybody out because of the shit I got, the shit down I got. Now, I'm not saying everybody co goes, becomes a doctor's, like has like greed in their heart and all that stuff. But it, it has been like this fleecing of you guys. From the moment you start learning all this stuff. Well, they do that shit yeah. in general. Think about it. You can get a bit. You can get. I can't get a business loan, but I can get a student loan like that. Yeah. 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 You, well, they won't give me a business loan because they're like, well, what are you going to do with it? They need a business plan. Exactly how I'm going to execute this. Yeah. And to get a student loan, I'm like, hey, can I just get a student loan? They're like, here you go. And good luck with that. Who knows if you'll even get a job? 20,000. Payback. Interest rate. 25%. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's wild. I'm Yes. My payment, I graduate, and in one month, you have to put out $2,500 $2, to pay your loan. You have to pay. I mean, if you have a car, like $500, that's three grand. If you have a house or if you have a family, you have to pay rent another, you know, 1500 bucks. Right? So you're around six grand. Plus, now, get this. This is the, the best part. You have to pay your own medical insurance, which is around 1500 bucks more. So... You're starting with a ticket of seven grand a month when you graduate. As a doctor, as a doctor, you have to pay oh, medical insurance. Go on. So, sorry about that. My bad. We'll get, hey, go on. Where you where you can be as productive on your first month, where you're making seven grand, and you're like, you know what? I'm gonna be independent. I'm gonna bring this great brand. I'm gonna see patients for free or next to nothing. I'm gonna create all this stuff because you're already just enthralled in so much debt, and popular uh popular culture it there's there's a bit of an agenda um painting doctors a certain way right look at ken young's uh netflix special how happy is ken young for not being a doctor anymore <laughs> you're so right man you're so right i am you are opening my eyes to things i never even knew like there's a doc out right now about the, what what you're talking about right now 
is what they do to politicians in Washington, D.C. Every single thing is a, had to be on any board, costs you a loot of grip, a grip of loot to get like, oh, you're going to be on this panel, this discussion, it's five grand. So now you start seeing why everybody's taking money. And that's why the, the, why you go and you see a, a doctor now and just to see the doctor's $200. And then the, whatever the surgery is, is thousands and thousands of dollars because these guys are getting fleeced from the get-go. And that's yeah, and what we're see talking about. media, you see. So you that see is, popular media. The doctors are hot. They're in, in Lamborghinis. So what it's, we're, not, it's not the team. So what we're talking about is not, we are not talking free market here. It's not. It's we are been. talking about more bureaucracy, more red tape, more regulations. That's what's really going on here. Like you have no, dude, you just blew my mind. Like what? There's no free market, man. It's all regulation. It's just not the regulation that you hear about or I know about because it's we don't hear about how much money you guys have to pay out. Therefore, it, it's it, the free. There's no free market because you guys are paying it, but we don't see it as consumers because we only see that there's this this fucking oh I just paid two fifty just to see a doctor because I'm peeing fire right now, right? <laughs> Instead of actually having anybody like. Fuck dude, this is mind blowing to me. I don't know if this is known information, probably is, but I've never heard of that. Well, it's you only get stuff from one place. Like when you go to doctors, I don't know I got a fucking brain thing. They literally charged me twenty thousand dollars. What do you mean you got a brain thing? No, not a brain thing, but I hit my head. Oh, okay. So you're a knucklehead. Yeah, pretty much. And <laughs> I swear I hit my head and I went to the hospital as I was bleeding, like one of the what he said, an inter uh some bullshit <laughs> like that. And I swear it was $20,000. I was there for two days. See, dude. How am I supposed to pay that? And I was Because a- these guys are getting fleeced. They don't, yeah. there's not, it's not, it's just this fucking, this market of fleecing. It's not free market. Because yeah. these guys are getting bent over and fisted before they even get to see you, man. Yeah, $20,000. And I was uh, 19 at the time. I didn't even know time. that, dude. That is blowing my fucking mind right now. I didn't even know that, dude. And maybe I'm just naive and I'm looking at comment. Oh, well, how do you know? I didn't know that, dude, that every two, every year or two, you get a $2,000 test every year. And it's a multiple, which is basically saying, oh, dude, you're just paying for access. It is just a fucking, it's just some ritual uh, uh, to get you, to make it so you are the initiation. It's just an uh, initiation fee. Wow, man. Wow. I didn't know that, dude. That is mind-blowing to me. That is at the heart. This is how they make it so you have to play ball. Yeah, pretty much. You're, you're tied up, and, and even if you want to do the, the most humane and the most uh, you know um, humanitarian wow. um, movement and, and do a lot of stuff, there's a lot of movements fi- um, fighting back and giving back. Well, I need let uh, us I'm- know about it, man. Tweet us, and I'll retweet this, dude. You just blew my fucking oh, yeah. skull, dog. That just blows my mind. That you guys have it's, to pay so much money. It's it's freaking crazy. And this narrative, it's it, everything you see about a doctor. You never see an unkempt doctor. Uh, you never see it's a, either an addict like Doctor House, or just a super smoke show doctor like George Clooney. 
And all those shows are BS. I mean, yeah. none of them are resemble yeah. the way a hospital works. None of them resemble the way a clinic works. The way it's either we're hooking up or making you know millions, and <laughs> yeah. it's not. Dude, you're talking to truth. a guy who does a profession that's getting fucking clowned by a show called Crashing right now, which is nothing like reality. Okay, I'm with you. So now, now we get into this thing that I just found out about data brokers. And how they're selling our medical information to PBMs? What are PBMs? Oh, check this out. Um, electronic health records, uh, and they're, they're a way to, they were introduced at the beginning, you know, we're going to streamline, you know, all doctors were writing on papers and we're making notes. And we are notorious for having the shittiest handwriting of, of the whole world. Yeah, you, and, uh, yeah. Have you tried to write cursive lately? I, it's literally like I'm a stroke patient. I'm like, I'm like, what happened to my cursive, dude? I, I, dude, am I having a heart attack? I don't. They're not teaching cursive anymore, and dude. It's so bad. Try writing cursive, dude. Fuck Try that. writing your. I'm gonna do that every day now. I'm gonna write cursive just to keep the skill going. It's gonna be like Latin, but you know. <laughs> so you know what happens when when back in those days you controlled your own data, you protected your patients' data, you had that little folder. You guys remember? Yeah. Your doctor's office, you got a little folder, you know, you get your medicine, your history, and it was yours. It was protected in the in the sanctity of the office and by the HIPAA law, and it was there for you. But with another thing with the Obama administration is that it went with uh, electronic health records. No, we're going to be able to share. It's going to open up the world. And we all like computers. You know, everybody likes iPads. It's an electronic uh, device revolution a couple of years ago. So, you know, it, it started the process of changing and it was made uh, in 2013. It was made mandatory, right? If you want to work for Medicare or Medicaid, you have to work. But this systems like you like to when you see a doctor, you like to talk to him like this right in front. Right. Right. Now we got to talk to you like this. Right. We got a computer screen here. Oh, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm typing away. I'm typing away. So what happens so what happens? Um, uh oh, it's fine. You now look like you went undercover. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens? Um, you got that data gathering. So we're a census machine. So we're gathering all this data about patients. Uh, you know what your your medication. If you're married, what you take. Uh, your habits. Do you smoke? You don't smoke. And it's there, right? We thought it was just there, but it's getting stripped away of your name. Like, okay, I got you. You're my patient. And uh, we're at my, 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 the Ronin clinic. And I'm seeing you at the Ronin Whoa. clinic. Yeah. And I'm putting all your information, boom, boom, boom. And I submit it and everything is good. But it's not, it doesn't end there. Um, <coughs> that information, it gets stripped of your name and your address and your identifiers. And it's sold, right? And you don't see that money. I don't see that money. And what happens? It gets sold to Google and it gets sold to Amazon and those big players in, the, in, in, um, in marketing. And they have AI that can cross match that with uh, buying uh, habits around where you live and they could re-identify you. So they have all this complex medication. So sometimes we, you know, we, you know, a lot of people, um, they see their phones and they see ads for stuff and they're like, oh, this phone for sure is listening to me. 
And uh, it could be that or it could just be that there's a profile already with your data that was stripped away from your name, but by using AI and cross-referencing it with the data from stores and pharmacies and stuff, they, you know, they have a pretty good idea of, you know, let's say a, a community. Oh, they're like, oh, this community has a whole bunch of diabetics. Let's put a store here and let's, you know, let's cater to that. Let's sell to that and let's wow. advertise. And all wow. That is insane. That's- wow, man. I just like, do these people watch Terminator movies? Do they realize this shit doesn't end well for anybody? Like, there's no lizard people in the Terminator movies. Everybody gets got in the fucking Terminator movies. I just don't get it. I wonder, you know, it's like I always did a joke about how, like, they always say the CIA and the FBI are, like, spying on you about what you're jerking off to and, like, how I would just find weird porn and just run it so whoever had to watch it back at the agency had to watch like, I wonder if there's some AI, AI out there who's been monitoring my porn habits and now it's just like some perverted AI. They keep sending you weirder too much shit. weird shit. <laughs> like, when do we arrest the AI for fucking looking at weird shit, dude? When do we send AI to AI jail for being into some weird shit? So, uh, the healthcare records are now like they're all funneled to one place and you have to do this, huh? Like, you can't just keep it write down records you have to include this in to uh the database so people know because didn't they make that a big thing or or did yeah. was that another false flag where they're like look at these script guys they're jumping they're going from uh um doctor to doctor and they're getting oxycons from all of them like we have to have one system that talks to each other so the people who are flooding the oxycons in the fucking uh, in in the neighborhoods are the ones who are talking about we gotta do something to stop these uh, oxycons does it look like it stopped it nothing dude. no people are still fucking stuck on those fucking pills there's a there's some stuff that comes out that literally the cia is the ones running all the drugs they're running the drugs. So this shit with like El Chapo in jail, this is just theater, dude. Oh, that was just a show to let people see like their act that the war on drugs is still going on and they're still succeeding. They're still dude, everyone's still getting cocaine. Everyone's still getting ecstasy. Dude. We just don't care. We just don't care. We're like, dude, whatever. I gotta like this video. This girl bent over. I see her butthole. Like, marry me. You know? It's just so fucking dumb, dude. And we're just falling for it, man. It's just, and listen, I'm, I, I fall on, under that whole thing as well. You know, I'll be the first one to admit that. Um, talk to me about the dark world of pharmacy benefit managers. Is this like these hot chicks who go and try to fucking grind on these doctors? Mm-hmm. I wish. <laughs> I wish. Um, no, it's, uh, there's a lot of uh, exchange um, for prices of, you know, well, the conversation about price um, of medication um, really piqued, piqued interest with this guy that remember the pharma bro that bought that medication yeah uh, for HIV and all that stuff. But that that stuff has been going on forever. Uh, so the what happens is that insurances, which you know, medical insurances sometimes we think they're the enemy, but they're they're trying to work out the health system as the same way we are. So it's a lot of times it's politicians making this weird, uh, dark stuff. So 
the insurances have to pay this entity which buys medicine and sets the price. Yep. That's Is it a, a doctor? No. Is it a pharmacist? Maybe. So we just don't know. So it's a, a price setting ping pong, proverbial ping pong ball. So pharmacies don't really have control. Insurances don't really have control of the medication. And we don't have control of the medication. It's a price point uh, free for all. Uh, for politicians, pretty much. What you are talking about right now is the same thing with gas and gas stations. Gas stations don't make the price, and gas stations don't make money off of gas. Just like movie theaters don't make money off the movies, they just make money off of concessions. So the gas station literally only makes money if you buy a candy bar, buy a, a, a fucking Arizona tea, or whatever it is, right? So it's the same thing with movie theaters. You know, when people sneak in food and stuff to the movie theater, you are literally not fucking over the movie companies or the, the studios that make it. You're fucking over the people who are showing you the movies, okay? They do not make the price point on how much to charge for the movies. So what you're telling me is when I go to Rite Aid or I go to this doctor that you, those people are not pricing, making the price of this thing, but they're literally getting told by these people who are not in that equation that we said, they're, they're deciding the price of everything. Exactly. There's a there's a pharmaceutical Jarapatau somewhere in the world. Making this stuff. <laughs> so, dude, which is where I get to when I talk to people about about uh, about how free market. There's no free market. Like, dude, this is just confirming everything I thought. There's no free market in this thing. There is no free market. It is simply, dude, collusion. Collusion with all the pharmaceutical companies to set a price point because the government is not allowed to negotiate with the pharmaceutical companies. That is what's bringing it down, dude. Let me tell you something. If there was no UPS, FedEx would be fisting you. It's just the truth, man. They would be fisting you if there's no UPS, man. And people want to, of course, they want to kill UPS off. Because FedEx and every other group that does those things wants to kill uh, UPS off. Dude, the same thing. Our government cannot negotiate a lower price point with these pharmaceutical companies because our politicians have sold us out. (laughs) Bless you again. It's unbelievable to me. It's unbelievable. But but when you make a, a, a drug or something, can't you patent it? Yeah, you do patent it, but that's that's who's making the point, meaning there's no knockoffs, right? There's no knockoff yeah, to this drug that you can go to a 99 cent store and get the cheaper stuff because that's what you can afford. Yeah, because the Viagra, barely their expiration expired, their yeah, patent expiration, now and now it's everywhere. Now it's everywhere. Before, you could only have to get that or dig pills God from 7-Eleven. God bless it. I just take them just to see blue once in a while, okay? <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, is that... We, there's no, there's like when that guy bought the AIDS uh, vaccine or the, excuse me, the AIDS medication, not vaccine. God, whoever comes out with that will be dead in two seconds, by the way, (laughs) but they will be doing a giant service to the universe. But that the AIDS medication, and he was going to jack it up. Well, he can't because no one else can put that out. Am I right? Like, that's why you do that is you create the price point. And it's so funny because, you know, everyone's like, oh, 
the uh, medication of pharmacy, bro. And then a woman CEO of a company that did a uh, like a pen that stopped people from getting sick. She jacked it up. Like, not just like, oh, we're going to jack it up 10%. Like, 400%. You're like, what are you doing, man? It's fucked up. It's because- corporate greed. It's yeah. greed, dude. It's greed. And that, listen, people hate the government, and I get that too. But there's always supposed to be a counter to that. You have to yeah. counter these things because if you don't think it's collusion, you're crazy. And, like, dude, I got to be honest with you. Before this conversation, I was kind of thinking that a lot of doctors are sellouts. But hearing what they, the, the gauntlet they have to go through. To to just become a doctor has changed my view of the whole thing, man. And oh, this, it's, you wow. know, it's just ridiculous, dude. It's just ridiculous. And now what we're seeing is um, these healthcare CEOs and how the economy at crisis has pushed overlords into healthcare. What are we talking about with that? Um, uh, pretty much the growth of doctors. You know, it's it's stagnant. We need more doctors because the population is growing. Um, significantly, right? You would think, okay, a lot of med schools get opened up. I mean, it's about around 10 or 12 since I think 2003. Uh, so there's no sustainable growth for doctors. Uh, as a matter of fact, tests get about around 5% harder to pass every year. Every year. So it's a bottleneck that we're stuck on. But, you know, executives and CEOs, they grow, they grow. Google the chart. Uh, I think I uh, I might have sent it to you in Twitter a couple of times, um, you know, some weeks ago. The growth of uh, administrators versus the growth of doctors is ridiculous. It's ridiculous, the comparison. So um, well, well, but right now, understanding this, the narrative is so imperative that you understand what doctors are going through. So you can sit down and with your doctor negotiate because there's a lot of us that are creating new alternatives like with telemedicine with applications with uh direct primary care so so it's uh we're 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 not fighting back right we're not because we're not gonna we're, we're not gonna fight against our army we're just gonna give an alternative to to all this care so you're telling me that it's getting harder to become a doctor it's getting more expensive and the next thing you want to talk about lets me start thinking this is why they want to do it which is the substitution of doctors by mid-level healthcare providers, basically physician assistants and nurse practitioners. So let's get rid of the authorities and let's just put people in there making minimum wage, just pushing our product. We are literally, dude, they're literally getting rid of all the intelligence in the fucking healthcare industry and nothing against nurses or any of the healthcare because, you know, God bless them. Dude, without nurses, who knows what we'd go through. But they're doing that on purpose. So these people who aren't actually educated in what you're doing, what you have and why you have and how to fix it are just being told, prescribe this, give them this, prescribe that, prescribe that. Wow, dude. This is some straight up gangster shit. This is straight up like drug mafia shit. And I am, I, I'm blown away, dude. I'm blown away. It is. It's, uh, it's, um, it's a struggle every day. Uh, and even... A lot of us, uh, the su- the suicide rate for doctors is double of the population oh now that we had Brody Stevens situation. The for the general population is around twelve to fourteen. Physicians are around maybe. And I'm gonna. Are you Hold still on. there? Okay, there you are, buddy. 
You had you the physician suicide rate is around what? Uh, physician population is forty per one hundred thousand. Oh my god! Double a little bit over double the same suicide rate because it's just we're high in debt. We're dealing with computers all day. We're not we're not in this to to be a census. We're in this to help people, uh, and it's just so frustrating because you're in your indenture servitude right right away right you can't be free you can't you know um if you if you play ball uh, maybe you know you have a, you know normal regular high middle middle level i mean i know that there's a lot and that's what i battled the the perception of media right Be, to give you an example in the joe rogan podcast i love the joe rogan podcast but it pisses me off every time he's like you know oh doctors push this medication because you know uh, they don't need healthy people. They're just – and we don't get money from pharmaceutical Hey, companies. dude, if- I'm telling you, man, nobody knew – I mean, I maybe I'm just an idiot, and I, I'll accept that according to a lot of the comments on the show. I'm an idiot, and I'll accept that. But it's like uh, the information you're telling me, I've never heard at all. You know, yeah. what we've heard is that basically these doctors now get um, these gorgeous, like – uh, 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 pharmaceutical reps coming and like grinding on them, giving them lap dances. So they push this, uh, you know, oh, push this thing and this thing. We just saw the guy who based the CEO got busted pushing Oxycontins, making wanting pharma, uh, the doctors to push Oxycontin. And we thought that came from a point of greed, but you've just told us that this is coming out of a point of like. It's the system, man. It's like not giving these guys yeah. any kind of options in which to uh, be able to uh, prescribe an, uh, an alternative. Like, and I'll let you comment, but it's just like when you, I've always said, go ask, and this is before I knew all this, but I'd be like, go ask your doctor about uh, homeopathic things and watch him have a visceral reaction to it. And I thought, I'm going to be <laughs> honest with you, from, from a point of greed, but I just realized what you're telling me right now is that the system just set up so they got nothing. It's like, dude. When, when you hear stories about crackheads doing rate crazy shit, they just get a hit of crack, and you're like, oh, my God, these fucking crackheads. You're like, no, there's a really sad story there that someone has been yeah. basically hooked onto something that they're willing to sell their dignity to get a hit of it. You know, now you're telling me these doctors are just so, like, they're so in debt, and it's the system's so controlled that they really have no choice in doing this. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of times... Pharmaceutical companies uh, before uh, in the 80s, you know, they would um, pay doctors, um, hotel stays and stuff. Right right now, all that stuff has gone away. I mean, the only thing and there's a great website for those people that think, you know, we get a lot of money from pharmaceutical companies. There's a website called ProPublica, which you could look up your doctor and see how much money pharmaceutical companies have given them. And you look up my name and it'll be like 300 bucks worth of of uh, Jimmy John's sandwiches for my staff, you know? <laughs> so people are like, oh, you're getting, I get a lot of crap on social media, like, oh, you're just a shill and you're taking, you know, you're pushing these drugs. I'm like, no, dude, I'm just getting a sandwich sometimes. Yeah. That's it. You know, dude, and again, I, I don't know if you heard the beginning, but listen, dude, it's okay to block, I block these people who are just fucking going at you all the time. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, 
Like, it's a new day. Brody Stevens has changed my life and changed the way I see people. And I just feel like there's no reason why we have to be out here trying to do our best. And we just get pinata by all these fucking people who are too chicken shit to use their first name, their real name, and too chicken shit to use yeah. the real picture. You want to talk shit? Give me a real name. Give me a real picture. And we'll see where it is. Yeah. And I ain't hard to find, <laughs> motherfucker. I tell everybody where I am nightly. Come get me, internet tough guy. Come get me, okay, you fuck. So where are we at? So this, let's get into some more shit. Uh, this, so we, they're, they're replacing people with, listen, dude, this is the crazy shit. They're replacing people with nurses. And some of these fucking online schools aren't even giving these nurses training. They're giving them certificates and they just go in and now they're just going to be able to press buttons and do shit. It's just like... It's getting really bad. And I want to ask you something. When, when, when I go to Canada, I, the one thing I always notice, particularly on the women, is how clean their skin, like their skin. And it sounds so creepy. But it's <laughs> yeah, like, it does. How, <laughs> how like clean their skin. Like it's not blotchy. It's not dark. It's not yellowy. It's like clean. And you're like, that's from healthy living. And then you start talking, and I start talking to you. I know it's going to sound creepy, but your guys' skin's amazing. They go, well, because our health care coverage, our health care system is based on keeping people healthy to keep costs down. Whereas our, our, and I'm not talking doctors now, man. You've changed my mind, man. You've got, you, you pop my mind like a champagne bottle, dog. Okay. So I'm talking, what I'm talking about is, at the very highest levels, whether it's um, mostly these pharmaceutical companies to make money off of people getting sick. Is, is that what this system is about? Not that you participate in it going, okay, we got to keep people sick so I make money. But at a, at a higher level, is it about making money off people being sick when we talk free market? Are we talking free market on the make money off of sick, pe- sick people? It's a it's a it's a battle. It's an internal battle because the system wants to make money. Uh, at the same time, a lot of insur- health insurances have great policies into into getting people um, healthy. But it's always that battle because you know that it's a co- it's companies that are publicly traded, and you do have to have a, a bottom line at the end of the year. Um, so it's a it's a it's a constant battle. Uh, what would help it? I'm gonna tell you right now. Um, improving the access to medical schools, laying off the pressure, the breaks. I mean, we're beaten and we're battered as medical students, and it, it needs to come down two notches, right? Appreciate your medical students, uh, train them well, train them in a humane way. Uh, until until um, maybe five years ago. Uh, we were in the hospital for 24 hours in a row every every second day, right? That that changed when a lot of people, you know, crashed getting out of the hospital and died in training, and that changed, but at the cost of, you know, dozens of lives. So right now we need to focus on not being standardized tests because you know, um, you know, Sam Tripoli going to the clinic is not a standardized question, a multiple choice question. XG going to the clinic. Um, going to the Ronin clinics is not a multiple answer question, right? You're a person and we need to treat you wholly. And we try, we try, we do our best with the current system. And, uh, but there's people that 
get jaded right to it. I, you know, I'm 41. So I'm still fairly, I'm not super young, but in terms of doctor's years, you know, I'm not Cain Velasquez, right? I yeah. haven't, I haven't been beaten so hard. Yeah, your body just—you're not just popping your knee when you fucking step. Press. <laughs> I feel exactly for that guy, so. dude. Like he's got all the skills, and his body just can't take. It. I don't know if it's his training or I don't know, but he's one of the best to ever. Do it, and it just doesn't look like his body. It's that beating can. he's been doing to it, but he's won't. been injured so much. Like it's just like. He's been I mean, made like, out of Mexican graham crackers. Yes. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, like, dude, he's. I mean, like, you look at. I mean, everybody's got a different way build. Like the most peak you <laughs> are, with, and the, what your body looks like at peak, and what my body might look at at peak, might be two different things. But he never looked like he was. And then again, Daniel Cormier is like little, chiseled little, fat, right? Yeah, we talk about little, chiseled fat, like the dude. He's got muscles, but it's definitely like under. some thick shit, it's right? Under, it's under the fat. Yeah, you know? So I used to say that. I had chiseled fat. Like, far away, it looked like I had muscles. They got close. You're like, that's well-sculpted fat, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, I don't know what that means. You know, I don't know if that means his training is good. I, I like to think that that guy cares enough to put as much effort in his, and maybe and that's not how his body uh, and to move. Forms. It's not supposed to move like that. He's too big. I do. I do think this training's too much, man. I think you know. It's like I did jujitsu, Tever, until like both my best friends are like, who have black belts, were like, okay, dude, I gotta go get this surgery and that surgery. I'm like, okay, dude, I'm I'm barely starting. I'm not gonna fucking begin surgery so I could tap out my girlfriend in bed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like I'm not gonna be doing anything that crazy with this. So. Um, yeah, man, I, I, I think it's, I think it's very interesting. I want to get into this thing because we see, uh, everywhere. Like I always say white people aren't more evil than anybody else. They're just better at it. All right. So like every group sells drugs on the corner, white people just do it at a CVS. Okay. Like <laughs> it's a different kind of street hustle. Right. So you're telling me there's between, uh, CVS and Aetna. I'm going to, I hope I didn't butcher that name but etna the merger's happening and there could be some antitrust monopoly stuff going on what are your thoughts oh absolutely there's some there's some uh for everybody wants to grab a little slice of the pie because uh, for example the pharmacies uh they do great work but mr jeff bezos is it wants to corner that market too he wants to grab pharmacy and make it make it uh, disrupt that market because he sees some profit in it and in, in pharmacies, in order to respond to that that threat that they see on the far away, they see that black Amazon flag uh, flying in in that in a destroyer boat in the in the distance, and they see it coming. So they're trying to see patients too. And that shit, I mean, they're not trained to see patients. A pharmacist, um, you know, although well intentioned, uh, have a lot of friends that are pharmacists, but you don't wow. see patients, right? Wow. Patients deserve doctors. Uh, and they can even see mid-levels, right? Uh, when they're well-supervised by a physician, my mid-level is by my hip at all times, right? And I supervise and I'm super responsible with it. And that's a good use of, uh, of a mid-level. But pharmacies trying to get into this because they're fearful of that big monster. And it, the name is Warren Buffett, Jeff Bezos. Yeah, dude. Yes, yes. I mean, this whole thing, this revisionist history that we see going on with Warren Buffett, 
where it's like, oh, dude, he's a good guy. By the time he's dead, he's going to give all this money away. Yeah, to people he loves. Like, dude, I mean, like, stop. Dude, there's, a, there's an old saying. You have a better chance of getting camel through the eye of a needle than a rich man in the heaven. Like, behind every great fortune, there tends to be some sort of great crime. Now, uh, I'm like my daddy said when I was a kid, never hate a man for making a dollar. But when we start seeing giant corporations mm-hmm. attempting to corner a market that is healthcare. We need yeah, to be worried. Everybody. You know, these raiders, these whales, these, uh, what's his name that uh, that uh, everybody hates? Soros. Like, people don't realize Soros, what Soros does is bankrupt systems to make money off it. We don't know what Bezos is going to do. We don't know what what uh, Jimmy, Bu- uh, Jimmy Buffett, Warren Buffett's going to do when it comes to uh, your actual health care. If they own all the pieces and they own all the outlets, what's going to stop them from jacking your rates up, giving you limited stuff, not giving you what you want? I mean, the, the when I hear free market again in this shit, I go, how is it free market when one guy's got a couple thousand and the other one's got billions and billions? That is not it, man. Bless you again. The capitalism system that made this country great is not what we have right now. And I know people hate hearing that, dude, but it is not. There were regu- you hate you hate when it's called regulation. So we'll call it what it, what it is. Safety. There were safety rules put in check to keep the super brilliant and the those born in, with billions from robbing and raping and pillaging those those were set in stone the, the the what grew this country was a system that allowed everybody to compete and what we have now is cronyism both in washington and in washington dc i mean in wall street and i'm normally killed for this dude i'm all for deregulation except for when it comes to our protections. And that's what the, when you regulate their protections, their safety, to keep away from cronyism. You can hate it. I'm not talking about the fact that if you want to put a deck on your house, that it costs you, you have to get 13 different permits. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. But what I'm talking about is when coal mines don't have to do stuff that ensures that the coal mine doesn't collapse on the miners. That's what I'm talking about. Well, we talked about this before. When fucking Goldman Sachs creates a portfolio real estate, then tells their investors that they're supposed to be looking out for to invest in that portfolio, full knowing it's going to crash because they put out an insurance policy on it and which they made a ton of money on, okay? That is cronyism. That's what you need protections for. And that's what yeah. you're telling me that this is what's going to happen in here? Man, you've changed my mind about about all these doctors, man. You've changed my mind. So, man, so real quick, what is the direct primary health care and how doctors are fighting back? I want to ask you something real quick. How, when you look at England or Canada, what are your mm-hmm. thoughts on those health care systems? Those healthcare systems are, you know, heavily uh, regulated uh, by their government. I, I think it's just a demogra- demographic-wise, um, it could work in the U.S., but with the presence of uh, 
all these uh, companies and interest from the government and the state, it's just it's just never going to happen. In theory, it, a lot of people are going to make a lot of noise about it, but it's just never going to happen. It's going to, you know, uh, Bezos and, and Buffett, they're, they have all the tools. Just like they are the graduated student from medical school that won the Powerball Lotto, right? No debt. In infinite funds, and they could play around with that for their own gain, right? In a perfect world, we could do that independently. But these countries, they have uh, medical education that's not as expensive. That's the first thing. All right, so medical education is a little bit more affordable. So when you get out of the med of medical school, for example, in Canada, you don't have this huge debt. So you have a chance to go into the system and you work for the system and there's no problem, right? Because you're taken care of. But uh, us, we have to grind, grind. I work maybe 25 days out of the, we work 25 days. I work 25, hold on. Okay. I work 25 days out of the 30 days of the month to break even, to pay my loans and oh. pay all my living expenses, which I, I'm, I drive a Honda. Oh I don't drive a God. Bugatti, you know? And I have a, a regular house, so it's – I barely break even. And you're not making me want to be a doctor. Yeah. I mean, like, dude, people get into this and they think, oh, my God, I'm going to do this. I'm going to help people. And then they – dude, you open my eyes. I would love for you to email me all the expenditures that doctors have. I really want to look into this stuff because oh. I think that this is insanity, dude. It is insanity. Yeah. They've they've hidden all the regulations that go on. So people cost. only see what oh when I go in that's free market. No, the free market has been crippled, been handicapped by this system set up to put these guys in debt. By bureaucratic. It's bureaucratic. You libertarians listen to me. This is the system is bureaucratic. All these fees they have to pay, that is bureaucracy done on purpose to fucking put these guys under a hole. It's almost financial blackmail. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. And it takes, it takes away, it scrapes away at your soul that you want to do good. You know, I was raised in a public housing project in Puerto Rico and I always wanted to be a doctor since I was little. Um, you know, I had, uh, when the, you know, narcos and, and, and horrible dudes that lived there got in, in, in knife fights and stuff, they would go home. My dad was a paramedic and he would suture them up for free. And uh, as a kid, I would, you know, help him take away the stitches. And uh, I, I got that love for, okay, we're, we're doing something. Even if these people are bad, we're helping them. So I was brought up with the sense of I need to do something really positive in society, even though. I come from the poorest sector of society. And once you get there and you, and you crash with certain forces, it, you're taken aback and you're like, oh, wait a minute. This is going to be really hard and really, really, because you pass all the tests, you grind, 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 lose sleep, you age prematurely. Uh, and uh, when you get there, it's, it's like, no, dude, put, a, put on your gloves. The, the bell is ringing just about now. Your, your fight starts now, you know? So it's, it's tough. And we're fighting back with uh, um, uh, direct primary care. Uh, so your doctor charging you directly. 
a very, very small amount. Uh, there's a lot of uh, pioneers, Dr. I mean, uh, Caleb Gal, uh, Mario Amaro, Leah Houston. Uh, there's a lot of doctors in the edge of um, being direct with the patient, right? So uh, uh, um, a way I'm participating in this, I have an application where I can see patients for whatever they want to pay me. Let's say, XG, you're, you have uh, depression, right? With the whole Brody situation and you're feeling super depressed and <clears throat> and you don't know of a service like that when, you know, the inevitable happens. But if you know, okay, I can reach out to this doctor and heck, I can pay him five bucks. I can pay him nothing. You reach out and the doctor is able to see you, talk to you, wherever you are and prescribe you medication through that application. And let's say you say, doctor, I can pay $5. You pay $5. You got your medication. You got to talk to a doctor and you prevented a complication. So it's access, right? So we're trying to create access and we're in diapers right now with this stuff. But in honor of Brody Stevens, the thing I'm, I have license, I'm licensed in Florida and not licensed in Iowa. So anybody that, is depressed out there and thinking about any of that stuff, there's $5 consults waiting for you. Oh, dude, and I'm going to do so all nice. this month. That's all so this nice. month and next month is going to be $5 clinics for anybody that has depression and needs to reach out in Florida and Iowa. That's going to be my my Brody Stevens. Um, you are so nice, dude. Uh, You're so nice, dude. So what I want you to do, dude, is uh, send me all this shit. Send me all that stuff. I will promote it all. I will put it all on there, and we'll get going. So, final question, because this has been such a good time. Who is your favorite doctor? Doctor House, okay. Doctor <laughs> Strange, Doctor Who, Doctor McCoy, or Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman. Who's your favorite? <laughs> I would say that uh, it's it got to be Doctor Strange. You oh, know? good he has call. That, that cape is. I would love to. You know. You know what a Puerto Rican doctor would do with that cape, dude? <laughs> it's endless the possibility. <laughs> so, dude, we'll have you back on. We're going to talk what's going on in Puerto Rico next, and the complete abandonment of that island, and we'll get into that, dude. Jared, you killed it today. Jared, why don't you tell them where they can find you on social media? Absolutely, absolutely. You go into Twitter. Uh, it's at D R Y A R E D, Doctor Jared, or you could just type Octagon Doctor, Octagon as the cage. Uh, I'm in, in Facebook under Octagon Doctor, and in Instagram under uh, Octagon Doctor. And I really, I'm gonna post the links uh, to my five dollar depression clinics uh, for uh, every February and every March moving ahead. Uh, that's gonna be. Uh, an event that I'm going to well, do and uh, we're we're going to go with the yes positive push. Yes, uh, dude. You're and, fucking G, dude. I appreciate that. You're going to make me cry on my own show again. So I, I very much appreciate that, dude. We're all really devastated out I've here. Been, I've been such a fan uh, of all that movement of all you guys for so many years and it's for me, it's a dream come true to be able to shed some light in the the battles that we fight, we're not giving up. Uh, we're here to bring health. So just when, you, when you're with your doctor, reach out, be understanding, uh, and uh, look for alternatives. It's, it's, insurances are not bad. They're not the devil. They're trying to make do. 
with their business model. So we just have to find, uh, a, you know, a equator in all this stuff. And uh, I'm glad to be a voice uh, to, to make that happen. Uh, this show is a tiny show in the spectrum of podcasts. But, man, you really opened my mind. Like, dude, I try to pop minds, but you definitely popped my mind today and really changed the way I, I see the whole system. And now I know who, what the real problem is. It's this bureaucracy that we don't even see, man. And, uh, you know, I hope people realize and appreciate what you, what you did today. And uh, thank you, dude. And if you're ever out in L.A., dude, come chill, dude. Come hang out, and we'll uh, go to the comedy store and we'll hang out, and you're, you're an OG, dude. I appreciate you, Jared. You're a man. Thank you so much, doctor, for coming on, dude. You guys rock. Thank you. Guys, thank you so much for listening, and I appreciate you, and I hope you guys realize that this whole thing is all from love and a place, and we can find common ground on all this shit. So uh, thank you guys so much, man. God bless you guys. I love all of you guys, and we'll see you uh, on the next episode. Take care, everyone. Bye.